One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Another Nine podcast. <laughs> that was uh, uh, this song from uh, from this week that uh, featured Another uh, Nine in it. You might have heard. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess an illustrious uh, addition to uh, uh, my career and the website this week is uh, that we we were on a diss track. I'm offended by my omission, <laughs> but you know. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, maybe ne- next time. Next time. It'll definitely be there. Um, yes, <laughs> Andrea, how are you doing? I'm very well. How are you? Grand, grand. You sound a bit low there. Oh, sorry. There we go. Uh, much better. Yes, that is uh, Crack Boy Mental. Um, he's uh, a comedic MC who makes tunes about polo mints and other things. He used to be called Dude yeah. with Swag. Um, seems seems a bit annoyed that I didn't uh, feature him at some point, perhaps. But uh, I mean, we look, all are. I'm honored. I'm personally honored that somebody wanted to put me in a song. Fair play to him. He's got a play now. Yeah. You know, he's he's got loads of promotion out of it. It's great. <laughs> Everyone go listen to that song. It's very, yeah. very good. Oscar Benzo is his name. Although I think he's changed it now to uh, to something else, maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, Whip Mental is the band that he's in. Uh, very strange. But there you go. That, that happened this week. Um, a, a diss track um, and uh, gave me a lot of sunshine good. on otherwise, uh, well, uneventful Monday yeah. when I found out this was happening. Um, so <laughs> it made my day. Yeah, it did. It did. It's actually not the first time that we've had a Nile or Nine mentioned in a song before. Uh, there was, was one, a band from Belfast a couple of years ago called That Snake who had a, a lyric that I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be like a diss or not. It was okay. like, it doesn't matter what Nile or Nine says, you don't have to go on holiday. It was like, <laughs> I don't know what that means because <laughs> I don't know. And I've never featured the band before. So, uh, but there you go. 
So uh, somebody on, on, on Instagram said uh, we look forward to the uh, the compilation of diss tracks when they do come out. So Perfect. That's yeah. what we're working and towards. And to your inevitable rebuttal. Yes, of course. That we are due we, to we, lay down it's, after it's we record the podcast. Summer uh, Part 2, um, the uh, uh, Butland edition. <laughs> <laughs> we're currently laying down a, a, a response. No, we're not. Watch this space. We'll see. But uh, no, look, it was cool. It was a funny thing that happened this week. It's not every day, every week you get a, a somebody on a diss track, even if it is comedic hip hop act called Oscar Benzo. So cheers for that. Um, Andrea, how are you? I'm good. Yeah, it's been a it's been a strange week for music. The Grammys happened and I largely ignored it. Um just because I find the Grammys very stressful. Um, <laughs> you find it very stressful. Yeah, I just feel like <laughs> Please you, explain. you're supposed to have all these opinions and I'm, I'm very tired of having a lot of opinions about live performances all the time. Uh-oh. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best um, this evening while we're recording. But yeah. Uh, you need more Oscar Benzo in your life. I think that's I do. What, that's yeah. What, that's what this is. I mean, well, he, his, his music gave, gave me a lift this week anyway. Yeah, it did. But yeah, lar- largely a, um, an interesting week anyway. It's always interesting when the Grammys happens and I'm always very interested in what people are wearing at the Grammys. Um, and I think Cardi B was probably my best dress this year. Okay. Yeah, she looked great. If you haven't seen it, she looked like a beautiful flower. I did watch her performance from the show. Uh, less interested in the actual award giving mm. and more in the performances just as a, just to see what goes on. And uh, it, there's been some terrible Grammy uh, years recently. Like last year, it was a lot of criticism and uh, the Grammy um, executive, Neil Portnow, made that comment, that famous comment that was like, women need to step up. I completely forgot yeah, about that. Yeah, that was last year. He's stepping down now, thankfully. <laughs> um, but uh, it was something that was referenced in the speech from uh, Dua Lipa, who won Best New Artist. Mm. She said, I guess women are stepping up, huh? Yeah. Um, but uh, besides but aren't, that... Aren't you kind of giving that to him then? And it's like, it's, it's kind of like when you're young and your mom says clean your room and then you clean your room and you're like well I'm not doing it for you I'm like I'm, I'm doing I, I, it because I know, want I, it I think it came across as a, a bit of a dig that Good. worked quite well I'm glad she won best new artist I think it yeah. makes the most sense I think the Grammys are a funny thing because they're always like a year behind what's actually yeah. going on so for Julie but to get it now you're like okay that makes sense because like, yeah, yeah. it would probably be somebody else uh, like, more relevant this is America winning record of the year that song feels like it was three years ago it's crazy so much has happened since then yeah um, so that's the problem with the Grammys in terms of like awarding things mm. um, it, it definitely feels like oh that came out so long ago that I'm not even sure it's relevant yeah. to now yeah but that's the problem with award ceremonies these days they're trying to they're not trying to capture a moment they're trying to capture a year and that True. can be a hard thing to do um but uh, as well as the inu- usual like grammys kerfuffles in terms of people there was a lot of actually quite a lot of it before the uh, ceremony this year i think we even alluded to it last week and like ariana grande was supposed to perform and there was a bit of a like uh tete-a-tete about that and she was um, the Grammy said that um, she didn't have time or she wasn't, they wanted her to do something. She said they wanted her to do, uh, basically perform one of her, her own songs and some cover as well. And she okay. was like, I don't want to do that. And, Ma- they would, and then they kind of made it seem to be her fault. And she was like, it's definitely not my fault. I, don't, I know what I wanted her to do and you wouldn't let me do it. So Maybe they wanted her to do the 
Motown performance and then they just got J-Lo in last minute. God. That would explain it, wouldn't you it? You know, in fairness, yeah, the J-Lo thing was one of the worst things I've seen in a long, long time in terms of Motown is such beautiful music and has loads of soul and J-Lo does not have that. It's just, yeah. it was terrible. It was absolutely It was really, terrible. really unconvincing. And she wasn't singing live as well. For me, like, if you're going to perform live at the Grammys, the one thing you should do is sing live. Yeah, one thing. And Cardi B didn't do it either. No. Um, but Who did do it was Dua Lipa and St. Vincent, though. Oh, my God. Yeah, they were so like... The sexual chemistry between those two was like, and <laughs> they were giving eyes at each other. Yeah, um, it was it was really really good, a really really good performance, and really really impressive, and actually worked well enough considering they'd never performed together before, or like that we was, know of. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, but it was that kind of a performance that you know, oh, this is a good match, not like Completely. Post Malone and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which sure. doesn't make any sense. You're no. lucky you didn't see that, did you? No, um, I saw. Well, a, you're not missing anything. A backlash on Twitter about it, but no, I I, I thought the the Saint Vincent and Julia songs worked really really well together, um, and you know Annie Clark is such an incredible performer, like she can literally just begin her performance just yeah. her and her guitar sounding really grainy and uh and just absolutely kill it yeah if you could find somebody uh that looks at you the way annie clark looked at julipa on yeah. stage yeah you keep you'd be them. doing well you keep them um, yeah <laughs> and there was other performances that were of note on the night um i actually really enjoyed the janelle monet's performance was great um, i have not yet seen it because uh, they're blocking it in this country yeah I, it was on rt a couple of nights ago so maybe it's on the on the I'm player, player yeah. um well worth a look she a great job. I still struggled a lot with her album, I have to say, as yeah. in terms of I really wanted to like it, but I didn't really like it as much as I'd like to. Mm-hmm. Um, Lady Gaga came out and did Shallow, kind of like this glam uh, rock performer. Um, but yeah, it was really good. She's like, obviously, for killing it as yeah. ever. And, Honestly, uh, though, if I never hear that song again, it'll be Yeah, I have no love for the song no. at all, but uh, it is what it is. And uh there was some terrible moments in it as well. I have to say, overall, the Grammys was not a complete shit show. And that alone is worth its respect because usually it's uh, just all over the place. Um, I think maybe it wasn't a complete shit show because it was really, really boring this year. Says who? You didn't see it all. <laughs> I, well, I, I didn't see anything. That's the thing. Nothing controversial happened. Yeah. Like, I know. And, I no, mean, nobody seemed to make a big statement. Controversy there was nothing is political one thing, but, at uh, it. Yeah, okay, yeah, like, there, there was, was certainly no... not a lot of things said. There was no. a, a lot of absences, though. Kendrick yeah. Lamar wasn't there. Um, Drake almost got cut off, and then they said, no, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't intentional. He didn't win anything, didn't he? No. He did. Oh, he, he won, did. Uh, Best God's rap song. plan. Best rap song, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the, uh, the, the the other thing that I really didn't enjoy, and I, I, I'm more interested in performances than the awards, mm. and yes, there wasn't a lot of people who said anything. Um, there were some sweet speeches and all that kind of stuff, but... Uh, Charles Gambino wasn't there either to accept his yeah. award. Um, awards. He awards, won yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, one thing that really annoyed me is Diana Ross. <laughs> what happened with Diana? She was just really annoying. <laughs> just like, at the Grammys. I have a feeling that like Diana Ross would throw a, pair, a shoe at you if you like gave her the wrong cup of tea or something oh, like that. Oh, she's a diva, yeah. She's an original diva, but Absolutely. like she just sang, it was like she sang Happy Birthday for herself. And <laughs> it was like, I'm 75 years old. And she went on this monologue and it was like, oh, right, okay. It just, it was a bit, yeah. I'm kind it was of a bit much. That. I'll it was, watch it. It was a bit extra. Um, yeah. I was impressed by the performance from her, um, H-E-R, the uh, young, um, she won uh, Best R&B Album, uh, signed to RCA when she was 13 wow. and now 21, so... 
Um, she did a really pre- impressive performance. It wasn't a lot of country uh, this year either. Mm. Um, there, I think there might have been a bit of it. Dolly Parton was the main one that they did a Dolly Parton tribute with Katy Perry and a few others. Little Big Town, the band that only appear on the Grammys yeah. for me. Um, and a few other things like that. Uh, Travis Scott and, and with James Blake at the start. I don't know what happened there. It wasn't great. James Blake... I don't even know what song he was singing. Okay. Um, maybe it's from Travis Scott's album, actually. Uh, I couldn't figure it out, but um, I only saw it once briefly, but uh, not great. Um, and But overall, look, I thought it was uh, a really good, you know, it was a very enjoyable thing. Yeah. Like the How did Alicia Keys do? Um, she was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great. She was perfect as a host. She just seems really professional. Genial. Yeah, she yeah. Played, like she got up and played a bit and sang quite a lot as well in between the links and stuff like that. So it was just a nice thing. But mm. <laughs> like it was like she was half stoned um, and just like enjoying herself. Okay. So it was very yeah. relaxing. Get it um, I mean, the Grammys is what it is. It is like a, it's an award show. It's backslapping. It's entertainment. It's is. But yeah, like we're kind of saying, you know, there were certainly no big statements in no, terms of anything. No, and that's, I, I was very disappointed sure. by that. Yeah. Um, by there not being any major kind of, I don't know, questioning of the system um, what by would you, any What artists. would you be hoping somebody would uh, reference or talk about? Well, I mean, America's on fire at the moment. The only political reference I can think of was actually, there was two apparently political references. Okay. Now that I think of it. Um, the Camille Cabell performance of Havana, J Balvin, I think it was, had a, like a um, a newspaper said, build bridges, not walls. Okay. That was it. And then there was another one. Somebody thanked uh, Trump for uh, bringing in the Music Modernization Act, which he had very little to do with apparently. yeah no he, he didn't he I don't know who actually thanked that. him um, but, but I saw that written down somewhere that yeah I'm just that. like when when you think about the past year in music there there has been a lot of statements particularly well by, by artists who weren't there I suppose but particularly in hip-hop and it just seems like a good place to you know question the system and all that it's it's kind of just like the Super Bowl disappointed that there was there, nobody kind of used the platform to question because the Grammys is like exactly like you said. It's yeah, exactly it's like there's it's not even that. room. You have to win an award to have something to say yeah. to get the opportunity to say mm-hmm. something. Yeah, sure. Half the performers didn't have their mics turned on. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when any of them. I don't know when J Lo was going to make her big statement if she wasn't well, even singing yeah, live. So. She did, she certainly didn't have her mic no. turned on. No. And, uh, not a good pick for a Motown medley, I have to say. Definitely not. No. Uh, no. Uh, well, in terms of the awards, like the the. Casey Musgraves was the big winner. I still don't understand that album that much. I can, yeah. it's kind of like a nice kind of disco sheen country pop album with mm. some nice lyrics. Um, that High Horse song is is the one that's stuck in my head now, I have to say. But I don't really enjoy it. It's one of those songs that's kind of like, oh, that's in my head now. I can't get it rid of it. Sure, yeah, um, yeah. You know, fair play to her, big album, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't probably deserve to win over over some of the other yeah. nominees but um and uh, like the uh, unlike the leaked list oh um, that wasn't yeah did, yeah, we, did you it, have a look at that it didn't again? come true um come so true. Uh, well all i remember is that cardi b was was pinned for best album and she didn't get that yeah that's right she won um, best rap album yeah and there was no childish so. gambino on it uh on the leaked list yeah. i don't think i think her were on it though yeah it for, for something yeah um, but um but yeah no it didn't come true yeah, um, unfortunately, the one glaring um, uh, award that uh, I could see 
is was given to the wrong person was uh, the best dance album went to Justice uh, instead of John Hopkins or Sophie. That yeah. was just a pretty bland. Uh, I think Beck Beck's album Beck Colors won best folk. No, yeah, best indie or folk or something. Um, one of them. Let's have a look at that. Uh, what um, exactly it is um, that he won? But um, yeah, yeah that, uh, really disappointing album, and definitely did not deserve to win. Completely, yeah. Uh, Bjork didn't win instead of uh, again. So <laughs> look, anyway, these are awards. They are what they are. We're, yeah. like, we're not really that interested in in terms of like long term. But it it, it was interesting to watch. Um, it's about the only like big moment that other than the uh, Super Bowl or those kind of moments like the Brits where people could be watching and there are gathering around to watch yeah. in one like live setting other than like, you know, a gig, but like in terms of worldwide audiences and stuff like that. Yeah, you can reach people um, outside of your regular listenership. And I think that that's why I was disappointed that there was no big statement from anybody because... That's exactly why there was no big statement. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just, it's, I just think it's a bit of a shame given how music and politics are almost inseparable um, that this was just a kind of a, a very, very straightforward award ceremony that could have taken place in a, I don't know, a hotel function room or something. <laughs> it's just, yeah, mm. unimpressed by the Grammys this year. Michelle Obama was on it. That was, that was about as political as it got. Yeah. And got the biggest <laughs> cheer there. of the night. Yeah. Um, so we move on from the Grammys to something else that could also be a travesty um, is the, uh, you sent me this earlier on, I hadn't even seen it yet, but uh, I did watch it very recently and I don't know how I feel about it. Mm. The trailer for yesterday, the Richard Curtis uh, and Danny Boyle film yes. is out. And if you've not heard about this film, uh, basically, what can we say about it? It is a film that is about a guy who wakes up from a coma, I think. Or yeah, I think he, he, ha- he has an accident. And what happens is that he um, wakes up to a time where there nobody knows who the Beatles are. Yes. And the Beatles don't exist. And he is the only person who knows Beatles songs. Yeah, so you see This him is the premise playing, of a movie now. Yeah, so you um, see him playing... Um, yesterday on his guitar and you know his friends and family are around and going oh my god that was amazing when did you write that and it kind of goes on from there it's got like a very very comic slant to it I think it's going to be largely inoffensive um probably a bit you know oh well weren't things better back in the day when people were writing real music and that sort of thing but my main issue with this film is the prevalence of one Edward Sheeran who I am just sick of seeing (laughs) popping up in all of these like I'm I'm tired of him being in Game of Thrones I'm tired of him being in everything that I love yeah once what else was he in what else was he in I'm gonna challenge on this now what else was he in come on he was in other things that I can't think of now that I get annoyed on but he, it's, I I think what bothers me about him is, is when he's doing this kind of knowing thing. So there's a clip, there's a scene in the trailer where there's a guy getting onto like a jet or something and he's like, and he's like, oh, sure, nice to meet you. Yeah, maybe leave the, the rap into the brothers in future. Uh, it's not really for you. And then Ed Sheeran's just like, oh, okay, I've been called out. And I'm like, yeah, but you're still, you're still doing it though. <laughs> so, you know, just. Being being self aware doesn't make it okay. Um, I'm just kind of sick of seeing them everywhere. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be like I don't know. I'm I'm going to watch it. Are you going to watch it? 
Uh, I'm not going to go to the cinema to see it. No, who goes to the <laughs> cinema? <laughs> no, but I'm going to watch it definitely. Uh, well, I'll see what it's like. Um, if it's if it looks uh, his last Richard Curtis, it's a tiny boy who's directing it, and it was written by Richard Curtis. Mm, um, it's an interesting. Yeah, not duo. a Danny Boyle natural Danny Boyle choice. I don't know what that's no. about. Anyway. Who knows? People get old and make weird decisions. Yes, they do. Uh, but you were saying the last um, film that you saw from Richard Curtis was about, about time. time. Yeah. I was like, it was pretty good for what it was, it was, you know. Good. Like it was a like nice twist on a rom com, yeah. I guess. You know? I cried at the end. What was so. it we watched recently? Um, like, if you watch, is it Four Weddings and a Funeral or uh, yeah? Stop. Like, I love that. So many questionable things happening in it, and so many like troublesome, mm. problematic issues with it. Um, so yeah, it's just nice. To watch I rewatched like. Four Weddings at um, at Christmas time, and I watched Notting Hill as well. And I just realized that all any of my kind of morals just go out the window when I'm watching those films. I'm just like, no, I need to take this as it is because they're so joyful. I love them. Do you know what you should watch again? I what? can recommend this: uh, The Karate Kid. I haven't seen The Karate Kid what? since I was probably about. Oh, I thought you were going to say ever. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> I no, but. I mean, basically, I probably haven't seen that film since about six or something. I don't yeah. remember anything about it. Yeah, I we watched it recently. I was like, oh God, we haven't seen that in so long. Let's really? watch it. And uh, it was great crack. Okay, great crack. I'll, I'll put it on my I list would, for the I weekend. I would recommend sure. it. Uh, the original Karate Kid. <laughs> uh, not the Jaden Smith one, um, but the original one with Mr. Miyagi. Not the what? Jaden Smith. When Jaden Smith in a like, reboot of the Karate Kid. Is he? Oh my he god! He was like about five or six years ago, maybe. Oh my god! I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm okay. I, sure. I won't watch that one. By I'll mistake. check my facts, but I'm pretty sure that was the case. Um, have I you mean, seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet? No, I I saw a clip on Twitter of Bohemian Rhapsody where somebody was calling out the editing in it, and it looked so dreadful that I don't think I'm going to watch the film. It's like pretty standard um, yeah. music biopic. It's not great what um, did you think about the um criticisms of it in terms of i know a lot of people were saying that it kind of um it didn't this is about um his um relationships and, and yeah. his sexual relationships and, his, yeah. and how it treats his homosexuality yeah or his bisexuality in, in that yeah. he it focuses a lot on um his um first partner his wife yes and gives very little time to his ultimate like life partner okay um and it, it's very cartoonish in the way that it treats homo uh, like homosexuality as well in terms of like it's got one of those cliched scenes of him going to a gay club and there's all leather right. and all that kind of stuff okay yeah yeah it's a yeah. bit like i don't know and the, the, look maybe the truth is that the woman that it was his wife, I can't remember her name, but uh, was in his life all the way through, but they really did minimize the effect that his partner, mm. Jim, wasn't it Jim, and that had, who was with him at the end, yeah, had on his life. Okay. And that was a pity. And also, yeah, there's a good Vox article about that if you want to read it. Um, it is uh, worth reading um, if you've seen the film. And if you haven't, also. <laughs> I've I've heard as well that the, um, the, fo- the footage inverted commas from the um live aid gig. yeah look it's fantastic but it's like a, it's a copycat thing it's like yeah. it's, it's so perfectly great to watch yeah but you like when we watch the film we just watch the original one on youtube afterwards yeah. you're like let's just watch the original one. yeah you know it's like so perfectly the same you're just like why not watch the original yeah but the yeah, whole film exactly. kind of does leave it up, lead up to that um 
you know, it is what it is. It's it's fine. Mm. Rami Malek, I don't know. I don't know why it's up for all the Oscars. The clip that I saw of him, he wasn't very, he just didn't seem like a very convincing Freddy to me. I don't know. He seemed like he was just. He, you know, I think it's one of those like, you you watch it long enough, he looks like Freddie Mercury. Right. Um, okay. Yeah. You know, he doesn't, and but he's so, he's so recognizable in himself. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, I, I like know, him. Yeah. He's, he's good. But mm, yeah, I, I'm, I'm largely avoiding that film just because like, I'm a really, really big fan of. Freddy and I've just seen a lot of criticisms of it that I don't really want to like I'm not ready to watch it and then figure out what my feelings are with it just yeah. yet I'm just I'm gonna leave it to the side for the moment wait for a while um, yeah, yeah I'll watch yesterday I feel first. like there's a really good document or really good documentary or a movie feature film to be made about the story of Freddy if not Queen themselves because there's a lot of cartoonish yeah. parts to it Mm-hmm. Um and I think it does seem to trivialize. It feels like the first one that needs to be made about the about the movie before the more interesting one is going to be made. Almost sure. yeah, in that way, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. It is Bohemian Rhapsody, and it is up for the Oscars and all that mm. kind of stuff. Um, have you seen A Star Is Born yet? No. No, I haven't seen that either. No. I've I've listened to the soundtrack, <laughs> and I've decided not to. I, I I'll I'll watch it before the um It's a decent movie. Oscars. It's a decent movie. Yeah. I I would watch it. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um Is there chemistry everything people say it is? <sighs> no, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I mean it like, you know, there is like chemistry there in terms of they're good acting together and they suit each mm. other and I don't know. It's no it's no Saint Vincent and Julipa. They should have a film. <laughs> Remake A Star Is Born. Remake Labyrinth. That's what they should remake. <gasps> oh my God. An- Annie Clark as the... Um, you can see it, right? Completely. <laughs> Annie, 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 Annie Clark playing David Bowie's uh, character in That Labyrinth is inspired. With Dua Lipa playing uh, Jennifer uh, Connelly. No, she could play like... I feel like we could write a role for her because Jennifer Connelly's character, she's Younger. too young in it, isn't she? Yeah, well... We'll work on this and we'll send, we'll, we'll send the pitch. Treatment on the way. <laughs> <laughs> Dear Mad Max, do you know the labyrinth? <laughs> so we move on um, to our album of the week this week. It is from a, a lady called Jessica Pratt and uh, it is her third album. The album is called Quiet Signs. And here's a little taste of what uh, it sounds like. It is called, this is a song called Polly Blue. Boy 
That is Jessica Pratt. The song is called Polly Blue. Um, she is a San Francisco-based singer-songwriter. Uh, first released her self-titled album in 2012. I was a big fan of it. Um, that record felt like it was beamed in from the past in like a lost archive of folk music. It is uh, released by a guy called Tim Presley, who her he was in a he's in a band called uh, White Fence and decided heard the heard her album, heard her music, and decided to release it on a small little label. Um, its appeal, I think, was very it's very simplistic it's very um it recalls a lot of like the laurel canyon kind of singer songwriters greenwich village folk all the like classic old folk music um of the past and then in 2015 she released her second album on drag city um and uh, that was a bit more ornamental but not much more and here we are on the third album um which is called quiet signs and there's not much change, to be honest, mm. um, but it is, um, for me, a very, very, very lovely album to put on. I sent it to you on Sunday yes. and said, stick this on. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> that's the kind of what... Listen to, to this today. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and it was a wonderful Sunday listen, I have to say. Yeah, it's um, lovely. It's nice and it's, sh- it's short, short as well. short as well, yeah. So when, when it was finished, I just kind of put it straight back to the start and yeah. listened through again. She's it's got really three, charming. three albums of this kind of quality. Mm. Um all very similar. I think the main difference I find with this one is that it is, uh, it is, it has that same intimacy to it. But um, I think, and it's sparsely uh, arranged. There's not much more than like her first album. There was nothing more than a guitar. Mm. There was a bit more on the second album. Here we've got a bit more again, but not much really. It's very restrained. Um, it yeah. kind of just focuses on her voice, um, which is pretty hypnotic, and you know lulling in terms of like easing you into whatever i don't even know what she's singing about half the time I'm the same. yeah um yeah i think there's a i i'm a big fan of the kind of simplicity of it you can sort of sink into the album really quite easily like it, it opens with, with an instrumental that just kind of sets you up for for what's the come it's just guitar and uh and piano i think and it doesn't really stray from that very much throughout the rest of the record, that kind of ghostly, otherworldly vocal over very simplistic kind of guitar. Yeah. Just very simple 4-4 four, four strumming most of the time. Um, I think the highlight for me is a song called Crossing, where she does kind of, um, she expands the instrumentation a bit into this kind of carnivalesque, dark, sort of playgroundy um vibe on it um i think it's really really wonderful it's probably it's I, it's it's my favorite on the record um just because there's a bit more it's a bit more expanse to it or something mm. it kind of feels like the point in the record where she she kind of brings everything together um but it's largely just like gorgeous bewitching dark folk and I'm a big fan of that with, with this gorgeously sweet voice over it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's lovely. It's really, really lovely. Yeah, I think t- for me, the difference with this and her previous stuff is that it's uh, it was recorded for the first time in a studio. Mm. So you can feel a bit more of the reverberating uh, notes in her in her voice and just generally. But it's not like polished by any stretch. It's just a really... No. Uh, I think it's purposefully unpolished. Maybe. Yeah, it's just nicely put together. There's a bit of reverb here and there, but like there's very little else. Um, like I said, there's a bit of organ here and there. There's a bit of flute, all of it very restrained and no 
uh, prancing uh, flautist mm. on a track or anything like that. It's all very much like the surf and song, uh, very much background. Um, it is, this is an album I put on, like I, when I sent it to you on Sunday, it's because I put it on in those kind of moments at home, yeah. um, gentle moments, night times or, or early days. Wind down times. Yeah, totally. Switched and all the I have a copy. Have a, yeah, I have a copy of her first album on vinyl and it's, that's when I'd put it on, you know, mm. um, and, and, just nice that she's still doing it um, yeah uh, I, I really like it it's her third album like i said it's on out in city slang this time um what she's singing about isn't clear but it's more of a mood for me than i think anything that's else. totally right yeah and i think it's kind of something we talked about last week with uh beirut and mm. their album you know with with zach con like do we really know what he's singing about doesn't matter mm, yeah <laughs> you know he himself has said that uh lyrics aren't a huge concern for him yeah. um so Maybe there's more of a concern here, but what I feel is that um, they it serves the song and it serves the overall mood as opposed to anything else. It's kind of like a dream state. Like, it's just a really nice thing to slip into. Yeah. And kind of go, yeah, really, I could just listen to this for days. Yeah. She's never really, she's from San Francisco. She's never really toured outside of the US much. Um, like, when our first album came out, I was like, we'd never hear of her. But now she's on City Slang. Um, for this album and apparently some tour dates coming up so I don't know if she's going to be coming here but she is in the UK in March so that's a good sign mm. um, I must see if there's anything maybe somebody will bring her over maybe I feel like this um, we, we were talking before we were recording about gigs in um, in churches this is one that, I'd, that I think would work really well in that kind of very um, acoustically spacious kind yeah. of uh, venue could be good. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, uh, she's a couple of gigs in March in the UK. Um, couple of dates free, but not much. Not much. She seems to have some time off. So I don't think she'll be here at any point, probably, to be honest. But, uh, you know, if you're in the UK, you can go and check her out. Okay. Um, so um, anything else you want to say about um, Jessica Pratt? Like yeah, it's there's not that like I, I think it's it's a kind of a straightforward enough listen. But if you want to and if you if you want to spend kind of quality time with it, you'll definitely find things in it that are really, really interesting. Like I said, that that's on crossing. I really, really recommend listening to that if, if nothing else on the record. Um, cause I just think she, she does very interesting stuff with the instrumentation there. And, um, especially with the melodies, she's got really, really good grasp of melody, um, especially in her voice. And, it's straightforward, good folk music. Yeah, yeah. She looks. She kind of looks the part as well. Yeah. Looks like she might be have beamed from the seventies as well. Yeah. Um. So that's the kind of vibe of her music as well. And my favorite track on it is actually the last track at the moment. Airplane. Mm. It's called. It was released as a single. Um, just beforehand we'll play a bit of that in a second but yeah I guess that's really all to say about um this album. It's a really lovely thing. But it, it's interesting that like I this is the kind of music I put on in certain cir- circumstances. Mm. You know, I find, I found myself collecting music on vinyl for home use. That's kind of for home listening. That's kind of just this kind of stuff, not just this kind of stuff, but much more relaxed. And, you know, um, we're in my office right now where we record the podcast and the, a lot of the vinyl here over there behind me on the left is, dance records or music for dancing or disco and then there's some albums there's as well there's a lot of dancing and disco in this office it's really, it's really quite <laughs> it's fun a lot. it's like mad um, magazine <laughs> uh, but all those stuff i have at home is much more lower tempo mm. more relaxed um and that's kind of my home listening section that's a really you know? interesting point because i i i only started kind of 
um, buy, buying records about four years ago. And I was obviously buying like my favorite records for a while, but loads of them have just kind of sat there because yeah. they're records that I listen to or they're, they're albums that I listen to while I'm on the move. And then now I've, I think I've made that switch as well, where the albums that I, the, the actual LPs that I own and are in my house are now largely ones that I can like lie down on my bed and just listen to. Yeah. Um, they're not necessarily my favorite records in the world, but they're ones that I'm willing to kind of lie down and spend time with and just yeah. listen to. That's yeah. it. And actually we mentioned like Bill Callan was on Drag City where she released her second album. Like I listened to his album, some uh, the Eagle one. Sometimes I wish I were, I were an Eagle. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a lot at home? Um, there's albums that I have now for certain situations. Yeah. And a lot of them, those ones are kind of home listening. I wouldn't like put them on headphones and walk into town, you know, like yeah. that's not my, well, where I'd listen to those things. But um, it is nice to have a place for that music, I have to say. And the same with the, like the likes of Niels Fram and like, you know, the, all a lot of, like he's an example of an artist that Spotify has given a lot of boost signals to, uh, a boosted signal to in terms of recent years because there's a more of a, emphasis on piano and concentration and meditation music and all that kind of stuff so I guess that's my equivalent of all that kind of stuff you know and I do listen to actually stuff like that at home now much more than I did I say I was a nightmare to live with uh, for a long time I'd say because I was just like listening to so many different kinds of music all the time never settling always had music on when I lived with my friends when I first moved in with my now wife it's just like music is always on no matter what time it is like seven or eight o'clock at night whatever it is uh, nine o'clock in the morning there'll just be music on I'm a bit more chilled about it now Mm. um, and uh, I'm a bit more concentrated listening I'd say yeah I think yeah I think I that happens when you kind of when you get older oh god did I really just say that (laughs) you've been very negative today (laughs) It's it's inward negativity, don't worry. But yeah, no, I think I think that does happen. Like more more kind of considered listening um, at home because you're busier, and the opportunity to sit down with an album, like for me, um, when we're review- reviewing an album on the podcast, I'm mostly listening to it while I'm doing things because it's like okay, I've uh, I've got a half an hour here. I'm gonna I'm gonna re-listen to the album and try and think of some thoughts and stuff. But then you know, so something like a Sunday morning and we're always on our phones, we're always watching our YouTube videos and stuff. Like we, it's, it's hard to find an hour in the day where you can just sit and listen to an album. I think that that, that activity is, um, has for me anyway, become a lot more important. And I try to actually carve out time during the week to do that. I think even myself, I I don't even do that an awful lot. If I'm putting on a record at home, I'm probably reading or something like that, you know? Can you read and listen to music at the same time? Well, it's kind of background noise as well. You know, it's like a nice background thing. I'm not like, I can't do two things at once. But but I'm not sitting at home in in the most case, like intensely listening to one record Mm. and never talking or just like not doing anything else. And that's the way we listen to music these days. I, I try to do that at least a couple of times a week, like just kind of sit. I might have like a note notebook or something nearby. If I like, if something in it is like, Oh, that that's made me think of this thing or whatever, but it's really hard to do. It's kind of like when you first start meditating and you're like, I'm never going to get the hang of this. It's almost like you have to reteach yourself how to actually listen to music the way you did when you were a kid or the way you did when you were a teenager and you get home with your CD and you like, 
sit next to your CD player and just listen to music. Do you know what I found it's good for that, actually, the wireless headphones? Um, yeah, yeah. They're really good because it means you can go and, like, potter around the house if you want to without, like, thinking of anything yeah. major. Yeah. And just do some menial tasks or whatever and then also listen to it. But also you can just sit there. Yeah. Uh, it means just the mobility of it means that, you know, you are, it's in your ears the whole time. It's nicely close and focused and yeah. you can really pay attention to it. And, and I if any a, wireless headphone brands want to sponsor the podcast, <laughs> <Indeed>. <laughs> we might mention uh, it. Yes. Get, but get yeah, like, I, speakers in. I I think that that act of um of just, like, not not even critically listening to it because listening to an album for review is different to listening to it just because you love it. Um, I think it can be so hard to carve out that time. But since I've started doing it over the past year or so, um, I feel like I've connected a lot more with those albums that I used to love. Yeah. Um, so would recommend an hour a week. Yeah, I do find it very hard to intensely listen to an album for an hour mm-hmm. straight without doing anything else. But um, I think a lot of that is... Um, for me is like that's what music when it music gently imposes itself on you then you really really notice it as well you know like i was listening to i'm writing a piece uh over the weekend about michael o'shea the busker who we played a couple of weeks ago Mm -hmm. the london uh, irish based uh, irish born uh london based busker who traveled all over the uk and in europe and africa and who made his own instrument out of a door and uh, interviewed some people over the weekend about his life and uh, I was listening to his album an awful lot mm. and the centerpiece of his, well the first song on his album, the main piece on his album is a thing called uh, No Journey's End and it's 15 minutes and it's very hard to listen to 15 minutes of music um, continuously and intently mm. but I did find the more I just went back and listened to it, I just like noticed in different parts and it was really lovely. I really loved that part of it. Like the journey was, was put together in pieces for me, you know, that kind of way. So it was like a nice, because it was an instrumental piece. So it wasn't something that like you weren't processing words or anything like that, but it was just a really nice way to listen to it. I told you a couple of weeks ago that I'd make you a Ravi Shankar playlist and I haven't yet, but I'm going to. Yes, that's right. He's he's perfect for that kind of. Well, Michael O'Shea supported Ravi Shankar. Oh, really? Yes, he did. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what made me think of him a couple of weeks ago when we were listening to him here. That makes sense. There you go. There you go. Cool. Apparently he had a, he had a, uh, a relationship with Alice Coltrane at some point. Ooh. So that's just like, it's like dangled in the bio somewhere and I can't, I don't know if anyone to ask about it. So um, I'd have that in my couldn't verify bio. that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's, well, I guess, I don't know how we're going on to this, but that is uh, our discussion from the uh, Jessica Pratt album. Mm. Uh, the album is called Quiet Signs, uh, is one for listening, however you do it. Um, so do go and uh, listen to it. <laughs> um, this is a bit of her song from, the last song from the album is called uh, Aeroplane. Soft Thank you. 
was Jessica Pratt with a song called Aeroplane uh, from her album Quiet Signs. Now, Dre, we're going to move on to uh, our songs of the week. Songs of the week. Songs of the week. We're going to start with uh, (laughs) Marina from Marina the Diamonds, who has a new song out. And this song is called Handmade Heaven. Sorry, we were chatting there. <laughs> um, that is Marina and the Diamond, uh, Handmade Heaven. We weren't actively listening to that song. No, we weren't. Uh, but actually. we have been listening to it a lot this week. Um, anyone who's been following 909 for a long time will know that uh, I was a big original fan of Marina and the Diamonds. And uh, when she first came out, um, I loved her first kind of like year or so, two years maybe, mm-hmm. uh, activity and music and output um, when it was all on Neon Gold Records and uh, released on 7 Inches and just really interesting. And to me at the time, kind of was like, had a bit of Kate Bush and a bit of pop and, and a bit of everything and a bit of like weirdness and lovely kind of melodies and stuff like that. Um, and ever since then, I've just struggled really hard with like the... I just really like I think she's great and I think there's a lot going on with her but I've just never really connected with any of her music anymore mm-hmm. um what's your experience with Marina my experience is is the exact same like I loved her around the family jewels era the first song of hers I heard was I'm not a robot and the music video is incredible for that um and Oh No and Mowgli's Road and all them. I loved it. And yeah, like, like you said, that kind of Kate Bush, a bit left of centre, strange pop vibe to her. Um, and I was excited for her to go somewhere really interesting. And I hate to be that person who says, you know, I fell out of love with her when she achieved chart success. But um, the thing that I liked about her was kind of just lost a bit. Um, and she was kind of gunning to become this icon, which I think she has to to a lot of people. Like her fans are are fans, like they they stan her. Um, but I sort of fell away from her around then. This I like. I think this song it it grew on me the more I listened to it. And I like the kind of um it's sort of a bit self-indulgent, like the lyrics are a bit indulgent, but I don't mind that. I think they're kind of it's done in a fun way. It's really gleany, really poppy. It's kind of what I expected from her, but a little bit better. Yeah. Um, well, I think she was on a clean band at the song recently, which was like, oh, that wasn't a good sign mm. for me anyway, because they're an awful band. <laughs> um, but look, yeah, I don't have any strong feelings about this still either. Yeah. Um, 
I guess I just, you know, maybe it was the quirkiness I liked about it, you know, and then that's gone and you're like, eh. Yeah, this seems to be a bit more of a, a, a Lana Del Rey sort of, um, uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if it's a big comeback song. No, um, it isn't that. Because I was, I was kind of was hoping for. <laughs> yeah. You know, like a big comeback song and it kind of feels like something that, this is going to sound really bad. It is, I'm going to say it. It sounds kind of sure? like, yeah, no, maybe I shouldn't say it. Go on, say it. You can <laughs> kind cut of it sounds out. like something that like Martine McCutcheon might yeah. have released. <laughs> not in a, not in a like a terrible way, but like oh my it, God, it has you're all not the, even wrong. It has like. even the sweeping things going on. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Martine never got the songs. No, That's <laughs> all. no the, the lyrics are like, you know, in fairness, I'm, in fairness to the song, in fairness to Marina, it, like it's better than that. Yeah. But it does have some of that, like, this isn't too far away from like, because the video, I think it was the video actually. I haven't seen the video. It's like her walking in the snow and stuff like that. It's like, it feels a bit like just thrown together or something okay. for her. So yeah. it's like, I don't know. And she's, Honestly, going, I by, it all she's going by Marina now. Just she's, Marina. She's no just longer Marina and the Diamonds. Anonymous Marina. No, mm. no more Diamonds. I think that's a bit of a shame. I think Marina and the Diamonds is a really strong yeah, name. It's better. Now, yeah. now she's just a place by the sea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite as good. <laughs> but we, I, think, I think we'll move on from uh, Marina and the Diamonds and uh, we'll dock that we'll, uh, boat right there. And we move on to a song from uh, Panda Bear, um, who had a new album out last week, whose album was in the running, I think, in my head for album of the week, but uh, we didn't make it there because Jessica Pratt won out. But he had an album out, Panda Bear, of course, of Animal Collective. The album is called Boys, and this song is called Dolphin. To the sea To the end of the road Could it be Has it always been so so quiet I would always be there when you needed wanna give you a hand gonna creep Switch off the screen. That is Panda Bear. A song is called Dolphin uh, from his new album, Boys. Uh, you were just saying to me there that you hadn't listened to the album yet. Are you a Panda Bear um, Animal Collective fan, generally? Uh, Animal Collective fan, yeah. Um, oh, open to Panda Bear, just haven't, you know, haven't had the chance to. Have you listened to, to what's his, uh, Bros? Isn't that his famous album? Oh, that's like, or Person Pitch, Person Pitch. No, I don't uh, think so. But that is such a good album. I'm okay, I'll listen like, to that That's then. like almost better than most um, Animal Collective albums. Okay. Um, well, most, yeah. I would say that's a fair okay. assessment. Yeah. Uh, really nice Beach Boys vibes. Um, it is a bit of a classic in my head. Okay. Um, I have to go back, have this to it for a while, but uh, not that this approaches uh, that in any way, but I feel like it's a really nice, this uh, album and this song represents... Just a nice turning point for uh, Noah Lennox um, in terms of his music. It's got a bit of that like quirky 
uh, dropping sounds and I stuff like that. I like that part, what goes bloop. Yeah, <laughs> bloops, bloops. Nice bloops uh, in the song. Oh, it's called Dolphin. I don't know. We're, yeah. we're just we're just stuck by the it, sea it today. Made, yeah, it made me think about <laughs> dolphins. It was really pleasant, really nice, spacious, relaxed. Spacious, yeah, relaxed. it was kind of like a, 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 a very relaxed, very... But it has a kind of idiosyncratic thing going on as well. That's what I like about it. It mm. was... Um, it's not going to change the world in any way, but it is a nice, could change your world in a really could, nice, gentle way. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, uh, it just gives you a flavor of what his album was like. And I have to say, I really enjoy listening to his album. Um, okay. It's been a while since I've said that about an Animal Collective record, any Animal Collective record or sure. associated project. And I'd really, I'd kind of given up hope. Okay. Like it was, what, 10 years since Merryweather Post Pavilion came out? Yeah. Um, this our last month and i remember that distinctly because i was writing for state magazine at the time i got a a copy of the album and i interviewed the band uh, like in early january kind of thing um i think we do we put them we put them on the cover maybe as well or something like that anyway we did a no we did a very prominent piece about them and uh, not on the cover at all um, it was on the website i think if i remember correctly and um, but i just remember that record being so monumentally big and so yeah. many people knew that i i got it like before christmas and like people were gagging to hear this record so yeah. much that like i remember i was out somewhere djing or like and at the time when i say djing i was like playing in upstairs and like twisted pepper at the time at some yeah. night and people would be like play the panda bear song or play the animal collective song play it play it you know like play more than one song you know like because like, they wanted to hear it that, yeah. yeah they were like oh, can we just hear them and like people were actually asking and that was just a really weird Impromptu thing listening so, party so much hype about it you yeah. know like and uh and it does live up to it as well i haven't listened to it in a long time though, yeah as well, it's a great record i must go back to it but that is panda bear a song is called dolphin up next, we're moving to, uh, well, London-based, Irish-born, Orla Gartland. This is uh, Why Am I Like This. Last night I smoked a cigarette My dad would have been so upset Then we got tattoos by the coast And I just stood there like a ghost Maybe I'm an old soul trapped in a young body Maybe you don't really want me there at your birthday party I'll be there in the corner thinking right over Every single word of the conversation we just had That is the flavor of Orla Garland. Song is called "Why Am I Like This." Uh, I remember her playing that recently at a gig. We she played for me, uh, Future Proof, um, in the Bella Bar, and it was released last Friday. I really like the song a lot, um, and I feel like Orla Garland is really finding her feet after a number of years. Um, known probably for a lot of to a lot of people for uh, her YouTube covers, and that's how she started. We had a very big following online still. Um, which is a very impressive thing to do, but I I love the fact that she's moving into more 
of her own territory a bit and making more original songs and there's been three really good songs in the last while so uh really impressed with with what she's up to i think that this sounds it's really really taylor swift um in a good way um the lyrics didn't do it for me in this in this song i have to say but i think that this is a very 1989 Taylor Swift era track. And that's like, that's such an incredible kind of album and an incredible sound that this evoking it makes complete sense. And I think that this is the kind of the sound that suits her voice a lot. Um, And yeah, it's, that's my thought on it. I'm not not wild. That's about as positive you get this week. I think it was it was just the lyrics. Maybe I just I find found it a bit hard to connect with the with the lyrics, but the song itself, yeah. it, the structure, it's you know it's straight. It's a song about pop, social anxiety. You know, yeah. Um, I think it's a. I really like it. It's it's a bit of an earworm for me, and think it's like I heard it once, and I remember. I like the it. chorus a lot. Yeah, it's the yeah. chorus that really does it for me. Yeah, if I'm honest. Same. Yeah, um, and I think that's a pretty strong chorus. Mm. Um, but like I said, I'm looking forward to hearing more from her. But it's interesting you bring up Taylor Swift because I wouldn't have thought that straight away. But no. I can, to- me- I can totally know, hear um, it now. Yeah, well, you know, nineteen eighty nine that album well, would you? A little bit. Like okay. I wouldn't have listened to it enough. Yeah, lot. I feel um, this. This could be off it. Like it's, right. Yeah. yeah, I can hear it. Though. I could hear Taylor Swift singing this song. Yeah. 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 Cool. All right. That's uh, Or Garland. Our last song uh, for this week is from. The- oh, sorry. Huh. I thought you were saying that we can cut this. <laughs> I thought you were saying that she was the last song, and I was like, no, the mountain goats. Yeah. Sorry. sorry. <laughs> Uh, that's Orla Gartland uh, Why Am I Like This and our last song for Songs of the Week this week is The Mountain Goats and the song is called Younger Clank that siren high Drain the wellspring dry Map out your coordinates Send our scouts by day Young subordinates. It never hurts to give thanks to the local gods. You never know who might be hungry. It never hurts to scan the windows on the upper floor. I saw things there once before when I was hungry. That is the Mountain Goats with a song called Younger. Dre, hit me. What's going on with the Mountain Goats? Like, Dre, <laughs> <laughs> did you pick this song? Uh, the Mountain Goats are back for their 17th album. Woo, thrilled. Are you not <laughs> delighted about this? Uh, okay, I don't know much about the Mountain Goats. Anytime I've heard them, I they've never left an impression on me. Okay. Uh, do you want to tell me how you feel about the song before <laughs> I tell you? Or will I just tell you how I feel about it? Yeah, go I on, feel like this song is like, it could be any demo I get sent any day. That's how bad this feels to me. I'm just like, this is so boring. Really? Yeah. Okay. Is that their whole thing, that they sound a bit shit? <laughs> oh my God. 
I, I right from this point forward, I am no longer <laughs> holding back on this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm 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 a I am a fan I've of the mountain goats. I've heard your indie goats. sensibility. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'm obviously a fan of the mountain goats. Um, yeah, this song, I think I'm. Look, it's not it's not the strongest comeback I've ever, I say comeback. It's not the strongest like first song of an album I've ever heard. But the more I listen to it, and the more I kind of contextualized it within what's going to be their album which is uh going to be a concept album about dungeons and dragons oh my god oh yeah <laughs> so <laughs> you're not selling this for no, me at all no. you are not the audience for oh, this I'm definitely not <laughs> <laughs> but uh john, john darnell who is but the, you were uh, saying you are i uh, i okay. am the audience for this um I've I've never actually successfully played a full game of Dungeons and Dragons, and I can't find any games around. So somebody hit me up if there is one going. Um, but I know what the like uh, those shops are in town where you have to like get, yeah, I don't play even Warhammer and stuff. Like... Do they do that? Oh uh, yeah, no, I'd there? say so. Yeah, I'd say they probably do. But that like that seems I kind of I want to go where like it's not really scary for me to go on my own and. Be like, hi, I've never played Dungeons and Dragons before and have a room full of men roll their eyes at me. If there's any feminist Dungeons and da- Dragons groups out there, hit me up. We're um, seeking, this, this might be a good outcome for a Mountain Ga- yeah, Goat song. It might be. But um, so John Darnell, who is the um, songwriter and singer, um, said about the upcoming album In League With Dragons, uh, the album began life as a rock opera about a besieged seaside community, seaside, uh, called River's End, ruled by a benevolent wizard, for which some five to seven songs were written. Um, he goes on to say that when he was working on it, he was getting some weird noir visions, um, some, uh, you know, references to like a Sicilian author. It's all very, you know, you're listening to it in your university room and <laughs> having the most amount of feelings and thoughts in the world. But it, that's is why this I what know. you listen to in your bedroom on your own when you're giving it? Intense, <laughs> I have a couple of mountain, listening. I have a couple of mountain goats LPs. <laughs> 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 I mean, look this this kind of nerdy side of it is is a part of their back catalogue, not in in as a kind of not in as upfront a way as this is. Like Dungeons and Dragons is probably the nerdiest thing you can think of, but um. I am interested in this because I feel like they're he's he's a really good storyteller through music and he's really good at taking um tales of yore and references to kind of you know Latin poetry and all that kind of stuff and working it into really straightforward simple folk songs that never run over four minutes um there's so much of their music that you like you are bound to find something that you like in it. Um, but this this song just made me really really excited um, about the upcoming record and date in Dublin, which I am going to. Where where is that on? Um, oh God, I, I'm I'm yeah, just trying to gauge how popular they are because I actually don't know. I I do, oh they're very popular. Are they? Yeah. And they're like Decemberist popular. Uh, they're probably exactly Decemberist. No, popular. no, 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 no more. They'd be playing the Olympia then, wouldn't they? Yeah, it's probably yeah. Uh, it's either Olympia or Vicker Street. It's that, that kind of size. When you describe anyway. the the uh, album concept I couldn't help but laugh but also uh, it just reminded me of that Jason Siegel film uh, or the, the Forgetting Sarah Marshall where yeah. he's like writing the rock opera yeah he's writing the puppet opera which had some jams in That's it by the way of. <laughs> no I'm into this I'm wholeheartedly leaping into this and uh, very 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 Brain excited with about joy. it yeah, yeah that's very me good. Yeah. Um, going to Dublin <laughs> they are playing Dear reader in, uh, dear listener in the Button Factory.
Oh. Yeah. Little. 20 to November. 20 to November. I have my ticket. <laughs> do you? I do. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. You're a fan. You're a fan. Mm-hmm. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Um, I'd rather go see Beirut or something like that if, if you had to. I don't I know. I think they both. Yeah. No, I'm, I don't know why I said that. It doesn't. It doesn't. Isn't like for like. No one's gonna like shoot me if I don't go to either <laughs> well, one. Well, unless they're both playing on the same night. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know why I said that. But anyway, not for me. That's cool. That's fine. That's fine. Also. That's fine. Also fine. Also. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to this episode of Also Fine. <laughs> Um, speaking of something that is fine and that I think uh, is a very good album and uh, who we ha- chatted to this week, well, our man in the ether, Luke Sharkey. Big Luke. Big Luke. He chatted to Owen French from Talos uh, uh, for us this week and uh, Talos released uh, the Cork Band, really, who, spearheaded by Owen French, um, released their second album um, this week and it is called Far Out Dust. It has got a lot going on for it. I went to the um, album launch uh, Saturday night in the Pepper Canister Church. Uh, really, really great. Um, and I think there's going to be lots of big things happening for Owen in the next year. And so um, just he signed, he sees, he's released his album on BMG, doing a lot in the US as well. The response to the album has been unreal. Yeah. So many people really excited about it. It's really, really good. And uh, I really enjoyed the gig. And Luke Sharkey had a chat with him uh, here at this very desk last week. Hi on, how you doing? Thanks very much for coming in. No stress. Uh, <laughs> um, so you're here ahead of the release of the second album, Fire Out Dust. Yeah, coming out in the eighth. Yeah. How are you excited? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a, it's a, it's kind of a step on from the last thing, and it, like sonically, is quite different as well as, like, still holding on to what was good about the last for sure. record. I think you know. Yeah. So. I think yeah. that even I've had the chance now I've listened through it maybe five or six times. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fantastic album! Oh, thank Congratulations. You and one of the first things I was struck by is it's much larger in terms of scope. Yeah. Um, musically, even the production elements of it seem seems like a much bigger record. Yeah, hundred percent. I think it's like it's definitely the most like widescreen we've gotten. I think you know. Um, so yeah, there was a big, you know, we endeavoured to make something quite different. And yeah. I think we, you know, that. What was written at kind of the top of the page before we started that it was going to be a pop record. That's like, what you wanted to do. Yeah, I was wondering if that yeah, was a conscientious yeah. choice. Yeah. No, hundred percent. Like it was, it was very much directed that way, and it was something that um, it was the first thing that was written down. But I suppose it had to be the right type of pop record as well. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you can tread quite a 
precarious line there. Like it's so, a it's yeah. a tightrope walk. For yeah, sure. yeah, hundred percent. And this album, it seems like um, it seemed like with Wild Ali kind of is very first album is very linked to a certain time and place and mm-hmm. mood, mm-hmm. whereas this album is kind of much more fluid. Um, yeah. And it was written on the road in part. A lot, a lot of it was written in transit. Yeah, between well, still mainly in Cork, um, but again, back we went back to Reykjavik a bit, yeah. and uh, then spent a lot of time in the states this time. So a lot of it was written in LA, and New York, and then everything then was kind of brought back and unpacked in Cork, and then kind of remade again. If that makes any sense, yeah. you know. I think that was the big fear about it, uh, especially because, as well as that it was made in transit, we kind of opened the doors collaboratively. For sure. So a lot of people kind of got involved. So there was a slight worry that it, it wouldn't feel like my record. So, you yeah. know, we, pay, we paid a lot of attention to like whatever was kind of brought in from anybody else was kind of remade by us or, 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 or kind of put back together or something. Yeah. Or but broken the, down and put back together or something. The core team is still there. It's yourself and Ross Dow. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. did the, a lot of the production on the first album yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, and you've brought in sort of Doug Schaff, who worked with Maggie Rogers. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Some yeah. of the people from Sigur Ross and stuff. Well, it it was sorry, it was, was Valgar Sigurdsson who worked on some of Sigur Ross's stuff. Yeah. So he owns a a, a label and a studio in in, in Iceland that that I've been going back and forward to over the last few years. But Valgar worked on some of the stuff on the last record as well. And yeah. The last EP. So he's been kind of there as well from the beginning of it. I yeah, suppose. for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can imagine that um, Iceland is a quite a, an idea like sort of serene place it must be a nice place to write and record in yeah it's pretty amazing yeah i mean i've you know i have a lot of friends there now um yeah. but i think the main thing is that you just you know you find yourself in a room with a bunch of people that are just way better than you which is cool you know yes yeah. you know so th- that's really why i go over there because you just you know you're like kind of a st- student vibes again <laughs> yeah <laughs> For I sure. realize I'm, I'm, you know, you know, you kind of realize how, how limited you are again around these people, which is good. Like, so, you know, you, you learn a lot, I think. And it so. keeps you hungry, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and even just to continue on the, the production element, I, I think I always was struck with Wild Ali of, even though a lot of it was programmed and a lot mm-hmm. of the instruments in it were programmed and you did nearly all of that work yourself. With Ross, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it sounded very organic and acoustic yeah uh, and maybe on this album it seems to embrace more electronic elements just more openly yeah a hundred i think i think it was it was definitely that you know we, we we leaned a lot into like our the production on the uh, on the synths and stuff yeah and um and yeah i i still think we did like achieve that kind of handmade feel for sure because I, I, you know that was the thing is that you know there's there's a lot on it that kind of and that was a word that Ross used a lot that it needed to sound like expensive or something. There's a lot of it that kind of sounds expensive. And then next to it is like really kind of pokey sounding synths or something. Or yeah. Really kind of really cheap something that sounds recorded on a phone or something. Yeah, okay. Actually, some some of the stuff is like phone recordings. On the iPhone. Yeah. yeah. So some, some of the piano in parts is like actually an iPhone recording. Yeah. It's not a bad microphone. No, it's quite good, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, Surprisingly I heard yeah. Dev Hines of Blood Orange talking about that. Yeah. He loves the iPhone. Yes, yeah, same um, same here. We, yeah, I think it, it just does something. I think it's very, um, I think it's very apt as well to be, to be kind of using your phone in a very real way because I suppose that's, you know, it's, it's a tool everybody's kind of glued, you know, glued yeah, to. Yeah, for sure. Like, so. Absolutely. Um, do you feel that uh, Far Out Dust is as, conceptual in the way it was written as wildly um yeah 
I think even, I think probably more so actually. I think like it definitely more intensely captures a moment. You know what I mean? Yes. I think definitely it 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 catalogs like a time where you know there was like massive change in what was going on in in my life I For suppose. Sure. and then the idea of being completely dislodged continuously like from my home. Yeah. So I I mean that really affected and I suppose it was it was a year of like continuous like newness or something. Yeah, so, absolutely. So 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 that's definitely kind of captured, I think. Yeah. And there's that big thing of like, you know, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This. So, so yeah. So there's a definite kind of like fresh faceness or something to it. I yeah, for think. sure. Do you feel like that the songs were written sort of, uh, they came out more rapidly? The idea or the inspiration behind the songs? It definitely, there was, there was definitely an outpouring, like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which, which was really nice. I, I think, and I didn't have... I didn't have time to consider this like second al- album syndrome. Oh, that's always, was, that's for the best anyway. Which definitely. was amazing. Yeah. So it was just literally a matter of like making this thing. Yeah. And, and, and yeah, it just, it just kind of spilled out and it was all there ready to come out, I think, which was cool. And, you know, it was the perfect time for it to happen actually. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you've, you've definitely been busy. Um, you yeah. toured a little bit in the States yeah. last year. Yeah. Uh, more touring to come, but you've been touring like a lot lately yeah i'm touring continuously since kind of august really and even between the release of uh wild ali and the release of fire Out dust you had the uh the additional ep that came out the door yeah. of wild ali yeah. then there was war yeah <laughs> there's been a lot of music in the last year which is cool you know I, i'm quite like happy with the output and yeah dp dp is something I'm, I'm very proud of it was the full stop kind of to the to the last album you know yeah it was like setting the house on fire or something and, <laughs> and, and rebuilding it again kind of thing you know yeah i really so, like yeah, that um yeah. but it must be nice to be in a position creatively where you're not you don't have to you don't have to struggle too deep to go into the well for something to happen or no I, I yeah and i think you know that's probably attributed to the people that are around me as well you know yeah. um especially having ross there is a massive thing you know for sure that's continuously engaged and continuously interested in you know Personally, I think, you know, the the best and most like underrated kind of musician or, or producer in, in Ireland anyway, at the very least. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's uh, it's been kind of a nice thing to be able to like, you know, bounce this stuff off people and, and have people excited about, about it actually and about yeah. the ideas and stuff. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, and do you think maybe on the on what I'm struck on in the new album is just there's not a, the, the the guitar seems to not perhaps feature as much whereas it seemed wildly was maybe it seemed like a lot of it was yeah. written on guitar are yeah. you like i get the impression are you writing on keys these days are you writing yeah. the piano um, mostly i suppose it's a funny thing in that yeah I, I i don't think actually the writing the writing is quite balanced between guitar and, and piano yeah but i think i've probably been able to like you know evolve an idea or like make an idea more intricate on on piano or synth easier maybe for sure so it's it's kind of been that and as well i think we we went to see um nils fram release his album in berlin last year oh, so fantastic. i think maybe that was just what happened <laughs> so i kind of yeah. just sat in a piano for a year and was like all right i'm never going to be able to do this but <laughs> we'll try yeah was so, he yeah. still doing that stage act where it's he's got like one half of his like pianos yeah the other half of synths yeah and he's running back yeah and forth the yeah whole time. So, so we actually saw it in the in the phone coast as well in berlin which was which was incredible yeah so that was uh 
that was actually that the, like that record as well was 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 definitely my favorite record of last year. It was you know a, a pretty big inspiration for this album. Yeah, certainly. As well as you know people, you know I kind of hark back to like people like Talk Talk, Kate Bush, Blue Nile, and then even like modern like Miguel. Yeah, you know, back to Tame Impala, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, so, for sure. So it was it was nice with this album that it the you know the the kind of the palette of references were a lot more varied. You know, for sure. Yeah, I would have dipped into a lot of like a lot of different film scores as well. Like fantastic, Ferris, and, and there was a lot to draw from. Yeah, yeah, it was still a pop record. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned the Niels Fram thing because there was definitely still a. Uh, like a like an ambience, like a contemporary classical vibe to it. I love I love there's a moment I love um where you do the the light was upon us mm -hmm. and then you do the light interlude yeah. afterwards and it's essentially the melody and the yeah. theme from the from the track before I've just played out solo yeah. on the piano. It's really I don't know it's a nice like moment of punctuation. I yeah, think, it's the album. kind of yeah. I, I think so. I think the we we, we kind of in I think what was what was important with this record that it that it had it had a, a more extreme kind of dynamic range that it went from really high highs and, and and again even the way i sung stuff was much more like chest voice and pushy yeah and into like really really small moments so like down the front um where we sample connor walsh's the front yeah um is like the smallest moment in the record and it kind of embodies the record in a way that it kind of swells up to quite an intense piece similar sure. to Farrow dust um but yeah, but then I suppose something like, I think what was nice is that we had something like 2AM as well that was like, you know, a very kind of straightforward pop song that was, you know, quite heart-hitting from the start. You oh, know, for sure. Which was I, something we didn't really explore in the last record at all. You know? Oh, absolutely, yeah. And I think uh, See Me would be probably one of the more yeah. directly sort of pop yeah. sort of uh, tracks there. And again, probably the scariest song I've, I've ever had to release. Yeah, that was an interesting... How did that decision-making process go of like, I well, think this was, is going to be the, the first single, this is what we want people to I hear think it was first because it was the scariest one. Like, yeah. Because it was really like quite quite unlike what i had done before for sure that I, and it felt like you know it, it felt like it was the right thing to to kind of do to just do that yeah absolutely i think you kind of have to be like you know you have to be a bit terrified of putting stuff out so i mean yeah absolutely yeah. um it was definitely it definitely took me aback when i first heard it i, yeah. was, I was like oh my god <laughs> I, I, I this is not what i expected um mm. which is fantastic yeah looking ahead this year mm -hmm. you're looking at some touring in the US. Down the yeah, line. we're off uh, four days uh, on the twelfth of February. Actually, four days after release to for seven weeks in the states Fantastic. with Aurora. Yeah, and then we've got a, a run of um, some stuff in April, and then we've got a f kind of a full tour between the states and Europe in May. So that's all in May booked out. So busy days ahead. Yeah. That's yeah, so fantastic, though. On. Yeah, yeah, I, it's I just, great. I remember I, I first caught you's um, "Heartbreaking Class Heroes" two thousand and sixteen. Um, oh, in the chocolate chocolate factory, factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah, played yeah. upstairs, yeah, and I remember seeing you, and I'd, I'd never heard anything before. Yeah, 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 and I thought like, oh, these guys are deadly. <laughs> Thanks, man. And yeah. I've been following you since, and even like yeah. today, it's so weird. Like I checked in on your Spotify; these are nearly seven hundred thousand monthly yeah, streams. Yeah, it's a bit wild. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's a crazy, yeah, crazy good it, time. It's, it's great. Yeah, I mean, like it's been um, the last six months. Spotify have been like super, super supportive. So it's yeah, it's kind of building up towards a nice release now, which is sweet, you know. Now cradled in the fall This whiteness blinding all So taking what we lost These times 
Thank you, Luke and Owen, for coming in and discussing um, the Talos project and a new album in particular. Uh, do check it out if you um, like what you hear there. And uh, yeah, he's a really interesting guy and uh, wish him all the best in terms of his career and a really good band he has with him too. So that's nearly it from us this week. Um, Dre, I'm going to ask you the uh, customary question. What are you listening, watching, reading or do, or doing this week? Um, so start with listening, I guess. I've been listening to loads of Joanna Newsom this week. Um, I think it was because, so last week was Joni Mitchell. And then I was having a conversation with a friend of mine about our favorite lyricists ever. And obviously talking about Joni. And I posited the idea that the best lyricist since Joni Mitchell is Joanna Newsom. Um, so I went and listened to um, her album, Ease, Wise, Eesh. Nobody actually knows how it's pronounced. <laughs> there's there's like a few different pronunciations. It's the Y-S. Yeah, yeah I, that I, don't, one. I, don't, I don't know either. Um, wise? Well, I, I, I say it. wise, but then I saw some different pronunciations around Ease. the place. Um, which Ease is wise. just, you know, like one of the most accomplished and beautiful and stunning things that has ever been recorded. And I've just been overwhelmed by it this week. Um, it's actually an, an LP that I, uh, n- none of her music is on Spotify. So I only ever really listen yeah, to it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. I only ever really listen to her when I'm at home. Um, and but that is, that is my favorite album of hers. By oh far. yeah, by a mile. Uh, it's a great it's, uh, LP package as well. Really it's nice. beautiful. It's um, my favorite maybe item i think it's the most beautiful item that i own in my house it's Van so Dyke stunning parks is on it as well yeah. lovely oh, it's, it's a beautiful and like the artwork the the lyrics yeah. like that is one of my favorite albums of all time yeah me sure. too me too uh, um and so like uh, emily was always the song that i loved on it but i was um getting into the what is it uh something on bear uh, monkey and bear song i've just been listening to that on repeat uh, all week just on youtube so yeah getting really into that uh that's listening watching i've been watching grace and frankie have you watched it uh no my wife watched it all without me so i haven't watched any of it's it. brilliant it's so so good it makes me excited to be older and wiser um and yeah it's just an incredible cast um Sam Watterson, Martin Sheen, um, was there, was the, the Jane Fonda, 
Lily Tomlin. Jane Fonda, who, by the way, is 82. Yeah. I was stunned by that. But yeah, brilliant, brilliant show. Um, haven't watched uh, um, Russian Doll yet. Yeah, I, I watched all that this week. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, and Natasha Leone is really great in it. And, yeah, she's uh, fab. Uh, I think it's a perfect role for her as well. It's really good. Um, I really have been enjoying that uh, uh, show. It's very short and nice to watch. Um, what else I've been doing this week? Uh, oh, uh, uh, well, one of the things that prompted me to, I'm still reading the Inner City Pressure book, the Grime book. Hmm. Um, the other thing that I, I saw, I've sent a link to Avalon Emerson's The Art of DJing, okay. a resident advisor link, um, a feature that they do where they uh, interview DJs about their process. And she had some very useful and nerdy stuff about um, uh, updating her music libraries and how she DJs and all that kind of stuff. Very like nerdy mat- metadata stuff. Okay. That I re- like made me want to just take four days off and go and like <laughs> retag my libraries and all this kind of sure, stuff. Sure. Yeah. Haven't done it yet, but I found that very interesting as well um, because it's she's a DJ that I admire and I think she's really good. Um. But it was just, a, yeah, it was one of those, like, how do you wield this massive uh, amount of data in in the moment? And I think the more mm. you do it, the more you actually get better at it. Because mm. and your brain starts to make those connections before your, your subconscious starts to make those connections before your brain really does. Okay. But uh, in, like, finding songs that work together and, like, keys and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it was just a really interesting thing for me that was like, oh, yeah, it's really nice to read stuff like that sometimes. Because it's not something you would have read before. Yeah, it's great to read something that um, reinvigorates your, like, passion for something as well. That's yeah, absolutely. Um, other than that, this week, that's uh, the main thing that I've been watching or listening to is what we're going to close the show with. Um, this week, which is um, uh, fanboying out on Rosalia. Heart uh, eyes. W- once again. Um, <laughs> so Rosalia, the flamenco R&B pop singer who was pro- Goddess. Probably, probably much my favorite discovery of the last eight months or whatever yeah. in terms of new music uh, artists. Um, well, her second album, El Malcara, came out last year. Really, really great. But she's just continued being a badass. She's been on um, James Blake's uh, new album most recently. Um, but this week she was on an award ceremony in Seville where she performed a cover of an old flamenco song in a very orchestral, um, slowed down style. Almost reminded me of Bjork in a way. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. very Bjork-esque, a bit more traditional than Bjork, but... Um, the performance is absolutely mesmerizing. Uh, we're going to play you the audio to play out, but um, watch the she, video. Tears. She has tears in her eyes uh, singing this song, and it's just. I think she. That's what I love about her. I think she is a really emotive and honest performer, and I really feel. I feel like she's not putting them on or anything. Yeah. Like she just like yeah. is crying because she's like belting this song. She out. showed up. Everybody who performed at the Grammys. Yeah. This oh, is absolutely. what I wanted from the Grammys. Well, I expect this. her to be on it next year yeah. by the time they catch up. Yes. The Grammys next year. <laughs> Rosalia, best new artist. Yeah. You know, I don't know. She could be up there. Um, but yeah, she's certainly flying high and uh, yeah, really, really great. Um, I think that's it from us this week. That's it from us this great. week. Great. Okay. We'll be back next week. Um, we've lots of plans and lots of stuff coming up, but we can't tell you anything about them. Um, secret projects. Secret projects. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but in the meantime, uh, you know, like I said before, and uh, we have uh, 
If you want to become a member of Nile or Nine, we have a little Patreon page where you can support us and say thanks uh, for all that we do. Um, Patreon.com forward slash Nile or Nine. Do check it out. And in the meantime, we'll have more podcasts next week. And do subscribe and all that kind of stuff. I can see Tell those me. numbers going up a little bit. So thank you for that. And, and hello to new appreciate people. it. Sorry? Hello, new people. Hello, new people. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining Hopefully us. they made it all the way through the episode. Yeah. Um, we, we do this at the end. We sort of trail off at the end. We do Get trail used off. To it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's, we always record at the end of the day and sometimes I just trail off in general. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, we're recording this, it's half eight yeah. and I'm about to trail off. It's my bedtime. So we're going to trail off in a nice way by leaving you uh, the audio of Rosalia performing at the Goya Awards. This video is on the website uh, if you want to check it out. Uh, and we'll leave you with this. Bye bye. Soy muy feliz
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.